enter the crib. Your strike back sit rep starts in three, two, one. Wait, do we go on zero? Guys, we are really excited to have a special episode of the Sit Rep this week. Uh, it's just me, Kelsey, and I am here with someone you may have heard from before in uh, in both of our Mieber chats after Strike Back uh, seasons ended. You've also seen her on Twitter. She runs the Bamber fan page. So if you are a friend of the syrup, you probably know exactly who Gemma Robinson is. And we are so excited because my friend Gemma has a book out, The Stars That Guide You Home. And we wanted to come on and, and you know, chat with you. So thank you for coming, Gemma. Thank you for having me. Weird being at this side of the desk. <laughs> now you're the one being interviewed. Well, yeah. we, I'm so excited. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey, I guess, as a, like, how, where did the idea for the book come from? Well, yeah, let's just start there. Where did the idea for the book come from? Okay, okay. I thought we were going on a different path there, but yeah, I was going to go talking back through my school days, my writing and all that crap. No, yeah, we'll just start, we'll straight into the book. Um, I was watching The Tudors a good few years ago, probably four years ago maybe and I'm like I'm obsessed with um that part of history particularly like Henry VIII and all that type of stuff and I was particularly interested in the um relationship that Henry in in the series in the um in the Tudors has with um Sir Thomas More like this advisor to him and seemingly at least at first in in the story feels like he can do nothing wrong like everything that he says like Henry will just listen to and nobody else can tell him otherwise and stuff like that and I thought that was a really interesting concept to kind of have this king and this advisor um who he trusts beyond anything and kind of what would happen if something else was kind of thrown into the mix there and this um advisor ended up kind of deceiving him in a way so it kind of started like that really and then like the rest of the story kind of came on from that so yeah but that's where it started that's so interesting because I think that most people picking this up would assume that the the seed started with the romance but it's actually totally different. And I love that. Okay, so so yeah, let's take it back. How long have you been writing? Tell us about your school days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing since, oh, I've loved creative writing ever since. I, I used to like create like stories, like when I was at primary school, like for kids in the playground and stuff, like on like break times and stuff. I'd just like come up with these random stories. One was about traffic lights. I'm not, I can't remember it now, but at the time I was really pleased with this story about traffic lights. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think there was a, as I, I'm not even going to go there because I can't even remember the story, but that is a very vivid memory of being like on break time and um, telling this story to like this other classmate about someone who lived in a traffic light, I think. I think that was the, so anyway. But I've, I've enjoyed it since like, that long ago so um and then it just kind of went on and on and I kind of um I took 
creative writing into college so I actually did English language and there was like a creative writing part of that within my college years um and I remember writing so many like different stories and stuff um and then never took it to university I went to university for a while but I was going to do teaching and then that didn't work out so <laughs> then I went on a complete other journey um but the in, the interesting thing is my brother has a creative writing degree but I'd like to see him write a novel because he doesn't have the um patience <laughs> yeah I was gonna say it's a lot like I mean it, I mean it's incredible whenever I, th I think about you know reading a novel like that or reading any novel and I'm just like this is so much stuff to keep track of and and so how I guess speaking of that how does your writing process work how do you stay motivated how do you like do you have specific deadlines that you're trying to hit like how do you just keep going and putting this world together I've never been a deadline person <laughs> um I like to have at least the beginning and the end in my head before I start writing if I can see where a story's going if a story's got an end then I will get there like there's this determination to like well that's the end I know where it's going to finish so I'm going to get to it so I like to like at least have like the beginning and the end and friends who um have read my writing will know that I send them just random parts in no particular order that I just I'm like oh I've written this part it's really good read it so I think a lot of them are excited to read this book as an actual book like mm -hmm. <laughs> from start to finish and not in any particular order but um definitely I like to have the beginning and the end planned out but I don't write in an order. I've never written in an order. I feel that if I want to write a part, I will write a part and then I will kind of fill it in. Yeah. So I, I write all the big important parts and then I just fill it. But definitely getting the nod from this publishers was like the, the push I needed to do the filler bits because that's <laughs> what I'd been struggling with. The story was there. Like literally it was there. There was just these bits that weren't connected and like when they said we really like it and I was like <laughs> lockdown let's get this done in lockdown and I managed to get it done. surprising how quickly you can get it done when someone says they actually like it and want to take it on so yeah um but I mean it took three years it's three years in the writing um and the one before that took five years that one's not being published yet but I'm hopeful that it can be in the future but yeah this is technically the second novel I've written oh that's so cool well so speaking of knowing the ending one of the things that I both loved and hated you for was the ending um <laughs> and I will just so so no spoilers but you know like so I I think that too often um romance or historical romance get sort of like uh I don't know people don't respect it for the novel that it is and the, the beautiful thing that it is because it's not like literature or whatever I don't know um I love it I think it feeds something very human in people that being said <laughs> as a romance novel reader you know uh this was not the like perfectly beautifully unicorn happy ending <laughs> that you're like kind of want but at the same time you sort of love that it like there is this like beautifulness to it and a realness to it that is mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like it didn't feel like oh, it, so yeah, so no spoilers. The ending, it's gonna leave you going like, God damn it, and also like, yay, but God damn it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I never wanted it to be. I'm not gonna say typical. I I never I never I I like. This is going to sound awful. <laughs> Someone who's just reviewed it said it's one of the cruelest things she's ever read. And I was quite proud of that, to be perfectly honest. I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I was like, yes. Because I think that cruelness brings out empathy, which gets you to root for the characters. And then obviously what you're feeling at the end is um, relevant, really, I think. So um, I didn't want it to be this typical kind of love story. Um, I wanted it to be a bit different um, and it seems to have worked from the reviews so far people seem to be liking it even though they also hate me for it which yeah. is interesting <laughs> that's so funny yes that's exactly the feeling but it is it's beautiful because the characters grow and change in a way that they literally would in the circumstances that they that they have that happen and they don't end up together at the end being the same people that they were at the beginning which i think happens too often mm -hmm. like go through shit and then you're like oh but we're together so everything's <laughs> perfect you know and mm -hmm. so i really i did you know so yes expect some torture um it's like beautiful torture i i guess i don't know like <laughs> is that how you'd put it <laughs> yes i think that's how people have described it <laughs> so i'm not afraid to be cruel <laughs> But like I said, I'm quite proud of it. I'm quite proud of that. And I, I, I think as well, I've kind of turned characters kind of on their heads and stuff. I've not gone like typical with characters. So it's not like your typical damsel in distress and mm. heroic hero. It kind of switched it's it switched on its head, um, which is what I wanted to do from the, the start, really. And then the other characters who come in who may be like smaller characters have a very pivotal and vital oh my god part yes in it. yes because a lot of a lot of people are mentioning like a particular character who isn't even that big of a character but has come across as their favorite which i kind of like really i like the fact that the smaller characters are still just as vital and, and as important to the to the story yeah so. Yeah. So what has it been like then getting reviews and especially now that it's like actually in the world, you're probably getting reviews from people you don't know. Yeah, that's freaky. <laughs> like when when friends who have read it, it's still it's still scary for like friends to read it. Um Oh, I know. I got several like, do you hate it? Do you hate it? I'm like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't hate it. I mean I'm a very anxious person by nature anyway, so for me, it's it's quite, yeah, it's quite daunting having people that, I mean, it took me years to get anyone, to have anyone read my stuff anyway. It wasn't until I just, like, mentioned it offhand to a friend, and she was like, can I read it? And I was kind of like, uh, yeah, if you want. But for me, it was, it was an anxiety release writing, like, I never particularly wrote to have it out in the world, it was more just to kind of just as like a creative outlet for my anxiety. But yeah, it's definitely been strange um, getting reviews, especially from people that I don't know. And like a couple of very tough reviewers that I was like on tenterhooks just waiting for the reviews to come in. And then when they came in and like four and a half, five stars, like on their blogs, it was just like, 
whoa, okay, it's actually quite good. <laughs> it people is actually like it. quite good. Yes, uh, people do like it. Hmm. So that's yeah. good. It is nice, but it's it's scary. It is there. And like now people who like acquaintances are reading it now, so not friends and not strangers, but people that I know but perhaps don't know me well and the type of person that I am. <laughs> and I'm reading this and I was probably thinking, whoa, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. I think that's the scariest one. I think like the acquaintances are the scariest. I could see like, that. Yeah, like people that I've worked with, but I'm not like friends with as such. Um, you know, like work colleagues who I, I get on with and stuff of all like, oh, I want to read it and they've downloaded it. And now it's like, oh. but it's, yeah, people are, yeah, liking it. So it's good. It yeah, good. yeah, that's great. And I totally understand that because still when like people will meet, you know, like, you know, or new neighbors or whatever, and they're like, Oh, so what's the name of your podcast? I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> no, yeah, I know you in real life. No, <laughs> so that's it. That yeah. is it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that's so great. So, how has the publishing process been for you? Like, can you talk a little bit? I know you struggled a little bit with the the ending and stuff, and having to go back. And how has it been for you? It's so my publishers, uh, Partnership Publishing, are fantastic. They're really good, and it's um, it's very interesting because it's like this. Um, I want to say hybrid, but I don't know if that's the right word between traditional publishing and self-publishing. So um, I do have a lot of kind of control in it, but they've got the knowledge and the expertise, and they've worked so hard to kind of get it to where it is and create a cover which is absolutely stunning. Oh, like it's I'm beautiful. I'm thrilled with the cover. I think it really stands out, and it's just it's been a really really collaborative experience with them. Um, they've always kind of kept in touch with what they're doing and things like that. But yes, definitely when I got the first draft, again I think that's where this um thing like where it's it's this hybrid between traditional and, and self-publishing. I kind of could have a big say in that because we were just talking about it being a not traditional, mm -hmm. obvious, happy ending. At one point, that's where it was going with the first draft. And I kind of was like, I rang them up straight away. I was like, you can't, you, you just can't. And I said, how many pages have I got kind of to play with? I said, give me it back and I'll, you know, I'll yeah. take a look but I said it, it can't end where you've put it to end and they were fantastic really they said no come on I'll give you it back you've got you've got so many pages you know um see what you can do with it and that was a really good thing because it allowed me to kind of say right that definitely doesn't need to be in that was just me being flowery and mm -hmm. as much as I like it it doesn't need to be in and then other parts where I was kind of very torn but I was like no I understand what they mean you know that's fine let's leave that out and then other parts where they'd cut it and I was like no that's not me being flowery that is something that needs to be in for the story to to make sense and really hit the reader which is what I kind of wanted it to do but honestly they've been incredible and when I sent them back my draft they were really happy with it and yeah from it's just kind of gone on from there and now like the ebook is out in the world and the print version very soon which is very exciting 
it'll be very exciting to have my own book in my hands. I know. Yes, I am eagerly awaiting. That's in March, right? March or April, but I'm thinking it's going to be March. I'm just, I've signed it off now. I've signed the um, proof releases off now. So I'm kind of just waiting for them to, to get back to me. But yeah, March or April, but it's leaning towards March, I think, maybe end of March. But okay. as soon as I know, I will let you know. Yes, and we will update you guys as well. But yes, you can go on, on Amazon or, or wherever. It's just Is it just on Amazon or is it elsewhere as well? Just just on Amazon at the minute. Okay. Um, the print book. I'm hoping to be able to sell it through my own website, um, which again is another bizarre thing that's happening, but uh, I'm sure I'll get my head around it. But yeah, um, when the print books comes out, I'm hoping to sell it via my own website and it will be available via my publisher's website as well. But yes, at the minute, the ebook is just via um, Amazon. Amazon, the stars that guide you home. So, but okay, before we go, I want to know who was the easiest character to write and who was the hardest character to write? Did you have anybody say an actor in mind for one of the characters? <laughs> Gosh, Kelsey! What a question. <laughs> I have actors in mind for all of my characters because I see it play out like a film in my head. Mm. That's how I write. I need to see it and then I kind of go with it um Edmund was the hardest just because he's very cruel <laughs> and it's quite easy it's he was the hardest to write just to get that um fine balance between pantomime villain and actual villain because he is on that cusp of being a bit over the top um and as well I write each chapter from a point of view Right. That's how I've always written. Um, so, so to get into the character's head. Um, and luckily, Edmund only has one chapter from his point of view. But that was probably the hardest to write, just because, yeah, it was. It, it, I didn't like being in his head. Um, oh, I was gonna say, like, it's a very, it's like very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed writing all of the others. <laughs> you're gonna get me to say yes jamie is the inspiration for one of the characters <laughs> guess who um but no he, he is he's the inspiration for one of the characters um so obviously just one we don't know which one <laughs> it, it's quite obvious i think no tom was very easy to write just because jamie makes it very easy when he's acting to kind of like see what a character would be would be like um, he he just he really embodies every character that he plays. So it's easy to kind of pick and choose bits from different yeah. kind of characters. Um, so yeah, Tom was definitely an easy character to write, but also Sophia was as well. I enjoyed writing Sophia because she is like this underneath it all, this strong woman mm -hmm. who kind of yeah, she might look like a damsel in distress at times, but really she's always got this kind of inner strength running through her. Um, so she was really enjoyable to write, and I love Annalise, which I think a lot of people like mm -hmm. Annalise. Everybody She's only likes got, her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and James, like I say, because of the Tudors reference, James in my head was always um, Jeremy Northam was mm. was James. So he was always very easy to write because um, I could kind of see this like calm authority figure 
who you know has got the best intentions and is just trying to work out how to do this without <laughs> ruining his own life so yeah I enjoyed writing them all but yeah I definitely say Edmund was a toughie and you'll probably see that when you read his chapter mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some there's some rough stuff in there I mean you you deal with some with some heavy topics uh but they're done in a way that doesn't feel gratuitous Mm. um you know some of it was hard going in i will say like edmund and sophie right at the beginning (laughs) i would say was was rough um but yeah it's one of those like you have to live through that for the joy to mean more and especially for the joy that's like the quiet joy Because, like, the bad was so bad that you can find joy in, like, the little places. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, th- there are some very tough tough parts, but I think it is historically accurate for those parts. I did research. <laughs> My internet history was interesting for a long while. It, like, researching medieval torture techniques and all this type of stuff but I did research you know yeah. I, was, I didn't I didn't just guess um, but I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fun but um I do think you know that um there is some hard going stuff but you've kind of got to base it on the fact that it is historical and a lot of stuff back in those days was really yeah. quite yeah. graphic so um yeah but I, don't, I, I hope it's done in, in a in a tasteful way um and uh um yeah I think it is I hope it is yeah so what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned that you will take forward onto your next book when I was when I was when I approached this uh, girl to ask if she wanted to review the book she asked if there was any diversity tags in it so like people of color like disabilities things you know like that and mm-hmm. actually there isn't but I do again think that it's because it's a product of of its kind of time and things like that but it did make me think going forward it's really something that I kind of want to to add into my books and learn a lot more about which is a it's an important thing she's got to get it right you know what I mean yeah. so it's it's definitely something that threw me when she said it because I was kind of thinking, oh, actually, no, there, there, there isn't really any um, diversity in it. Um, obviously, like, I've not got, like, typical characters. The characters aren't typical at all of, of what you'd expect of kind of characters. But there's no diversity. So for me, that's something that I want to take forward. And that was a really kind of important thing for someone to say to me to kind of make me think oh no hang on actually there isn't um so that's definitely something I want to do going forward with my writing is is have a more diverse cast of characters um and learn more really and be able to have have you know this more diverse cast but in my future stories so definitely that's the one thing I've I've learned from going into this process yeah oh I loved it and I love that you're able to like take that and go like no you're right and be honest about like yes that was not there but I will 
like improve and and learn more and i think that's i think that's so huge for like successful people to be able to do that you know so that's fantastic all right so then last question if you could if you could reach into your audience's head what would you hope would be the thought going through their mind as they finish the last line of your book i would like them to think that it's a satisfying ending that's that they've you know they've got to the end of it and, and it's satisfying you know that um because i know that some people in some books you can kind of read it and you kind of enjoy it and then you get to the end you kind of like oh. you know so i think for me i want like the the twists the surprises and then the ending to to be satisfying for the reader i think that's what's most important to me and that's what i would like to yeah for it to be satisfying Thanks and tune in next week for another Need to Know session at the Crib. Follow us on Twitter at Strike Back Crib. Out.